1: They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst through it 20! steps. a tackle. Runs about 25 still on his feet. 10. 46-yard goal by number
2: 39. Running back,
1: number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on, and he's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle, and the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Talk Radio with Derek
0: Apollo and Michael Stewart.
3: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. We're back. We're on the tour. We're in the league. Got some other things to talk about, but I'll wait until I get Mike on the show this weekend to, to hammer it out. I want to make sure I spend a little bit of time with you just getting through two NFC rivals, the Washington football team and the New York Giants. Before we get into that, I just want to ask you how you know, what Apple Music Leave a five-star review, we'd really appreciate that. Also, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We always appreciate that. And as always, you can reach out to us at RamsTalk1945 at gmail.com if you want to send in any emails, questions, concerns. Gripes, always open for gripes feedback. They're always welcome. Before we get there, here we go. Here's a word from our sponsors. Alright, first up is Rod Burry from the Burgundy Bears Podcast. Talking about the Washington football team. Good guy all the way around, gives us good feedback as well on the Washington football team. Check it out. All right, folks. I'm here with Rod Murray with it. from the Burgundy Bears podcast, plus all kinds of stuff, full press coverage, you name it. He's got he's a big, big player here uh, in terms of just trying to get himself in the podcast and universe. And he's a man, with a a man, a myth, a legend on Washington football. <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> talked that one straight out. <laughs> on fun the night. Rod, how you doing? Hey, Derek, man, what's
4: going on, man? I appreciate that uh, that intro. Thank you, I, I
3: felt, I, you know, guy, gotta tell you the truth. I just I was watching some WWE tonight, <laughs> and oh, it just really? went out there. <laughs> oh. So, listen, last time I had you in the show, um, i'm gonna, when we talk with when we previewed the Rams' Redskins game, well, not Redskins, Washington, Washington football team. Washington football team a year later. Know, like, we're still we're having an issue. Still. <laughs> um, the one thing you and I kind of came to agreement on, we really felt that this football team has a good future. And they are, you know, I think we said them and the Giants, we both the teams to watch. And I think they're starting to pan out, actually. Um. But yet, there are a couple of things I'm I'm really kind of wondering about as the draft's over, the agency's over. Who's your quarterback going to be? <laughs> hey, man,
4: our quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to get a C on his chest. He's going to be our quarterback, and I'm excited to see what he does with the full season. Um, where There shouldn't be a lot of pressure on him like you saw in the Miami years. Um, he'll get a team. He'll be at the helm, and I think this will be the first time since his years with the New York uh, Jets where he'll have the helm and it's it's his to lose versus he's just a bridge quarterback and he knows it. So I'm excited to see what he does in 2021.
3: And, and you're totally cool with Fitzmagic being your starting quarterback. I, absolutely, absolutely, man. Again, I, I go
4: I go back. You look at his once his 2015 2016. Right, he led the New York Jets to a winning season. Right, then he gets moves around. Um, he ends up in Miami, gets a, a short straw there. But it's one thing we can't take away from Wirefus Fitzpatrick is that he's always been a professional and always been in a position to where his numbers call that he produces. Now, is he a turnover machine? Absolutely right, and that comes with the territory. But is he going to give us something that we hadn't had in a few years—a a quarterback that's not afraid to, to take the top off a of defense and put our offense in positions to where it can be exciting, and explosive? Absolutely. Um, and again, now prior to all this Aaron Rodgers stuff and all this other. Quarterbacks that, air quotes, may be on the move. If you look at the the landscape of free agent quarterbacks, Brian Fitzpatrick, prior to the draft or anything, uh, how that unfolded was the best option on the table. So again, it's a one year deal, not a lot of money tied up into it. So in my opinion, it's, it's a great investment that is at least at a bare minimum is going to allow you to see what your offensive weapons can do because you know you have a quarterback that's no longer limited by injuries, as great as Alex Smith was. In his return, we all knew that, unfortunately, he just was not the same player. Um, and he has a little bit more experience than uh, a, uh, Kyle Allen did or Tyler Insecki, um did towards the end of the season. As exciting they both were, um, I think right now, given this team and, and the plight of where it could be, it just needs a quarterback that isn't afraid. And I think
3: Ryan Fitzpatrick gives us that. So staying with your offense here, looking at the roster, you got some names there that are familiar, Lamar Miller. Game McKissick, your receivers, I mean, they're all right. They're all right. But who is going to make the big step next year, in your opinion?
4: Offensively, it has to be Antonio Gibson for me. I think while well, people are talking about our wide receiver core right now and, and explosive as they are with Terry McLaurin, Curtis uh, Samuel coming over from Carolina, um, and then drafting Diami uh, Brown in the third round in the, the draft this past weekend, we have a wide receiver core that, that I would put up with some of the better ones, at least a top 15 in the league right now on paper, right? But what will only make them more effective is an effective running game. We saw what Antonio Gibson can do in a, in a very simple size before he got injured towards the end of the year. And if he can continue to make that leap into year two, it would only benefit our passing game even more. It would only allow Ryan Fitzpatrick to be more effective. So in my opinion, the, the gas to this engine is Antonio Gibson. Um, and then unfortunately, we're light. <laughs> At that running back position. So th- that was a position that I thought we would address at some point in the draft. Um, you-, you mentioned Lamar Miller. Um, I I think right now he's at the tail twilight end of his career. It's not really a guarantee he makes the 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 final 53. We could be looking at a situation where we go into it the same way we were last year with essentially Gibson, JD McKenzie, and Peyton Barber as the as as the one, two, and three, you really getting a lot of those reps. So um we, if that is the case and nothing falls out in the free agency. We're gonna need Antonio Gibson to take that second step. And if he does, I think the entire offense will be a
3: lot better for it. I really do like the receivers you have there. Lauren and Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel to me was was not used properly at all in Carolina. Was only able to show flashes of what he's capable of. You can get a little bit of Ohio State connection too, by the way. And Marcus Spott, tight end, Tamara Henry, we know him pretty well. Meet, Logan Thomas. You you have guys that can make it work on that roster offensively. Are they in your view able to crack maybe the top 10 this year in offense? Are they capable of that? I think that's a huge leap <laughs> to go from 31 or
4: 29 whatever it is to 10. Um would, would be amazing. Um do I think we have it? No. Uh, again, I think we're that we're middle of the pack, 16-17. Um that, that's why I think we're safe. I don't think we're a top 10 offense right now. There's there's going to be some chemistry things we just because we have Curtis Samuel don't mean we know what to do with him. He has some experience with Scott Turner, but um, doesn't mean it's going to work right right out the gate for us. Um, so, no, I don't think we have a top-10 offense. I think we have a, a, a mid-tier offense, um, maybe 16, 17. But, again, when you're coming from 29, 30, um, literally offensive yards game was, I think, 30th in the league, and then um, just offensive of efficiency was like 29. Um Anywhere in the middle of that is, is, is a huge leap. So uh, I'm not going to go crazy and say we're a top ten offense right now, but it's definitely again if we get a, uh, some other pieces, uh, I definitely think we can make some uh, substantial leaps.
3: Oh, well, I mean, I I wasn't saying that they are a top ten. I was I was wondering if with you know because I know McLaurin, I know see, I know what they're capable of. I watched them play many years for Ohio State, and yeah, I know what they're capable of. I know that yes, it's magic can be a term machine, but you can also put some serious numbers up. And that's what has me curious as to is there, what's their ceiling? Where can they get if they figure this out?
4: As far as you're saying as offensive
3: Yeah. Is is middle of the pack their ceiling or can they is their ceiling in the top ten? And what what do you think right now with how they're built, just raw talent wise, is their ceiling? Well, talent
4: Wild, I would say right outside the top 10, to be honest with you. It's like 11 and 12. You got some very explosive offenses out there that are just really retooling. Um, and again, so I, I would see us at – I would be safe to say round 12, the 12th best offense in the league. And again, huge jump from 29. Um, but to put us in that 10, knowing what other offenses are doing out there. Um, and again, we have the talent. McLaurin, I, I can't can't speak enough about what he what he has done in, with limited – Help surrounding him, no support system to think about it at all. Um, and uh, what you can do when you add two dy- very dynamic players, one from the college ranks, and we'll see what, how he transitions. And then we know what Curtis Samuel's is capable of doing. I think they'll do a lot, a, a lot for this offense. Um, but again, it's all about about chemistry and putting it together. Logan Thomas had an amazing year last year. Um, do I expect the same from him this year? Probably not. Um, so it's, there's going to be some some regression that happens at various positions. Um, But that's just the game of football. You just hope that other players
3: can pick up where, where essentially he drops off. Now, what about this defense? What, what about that part of of this
4: roster here? That's, that's the glue. That's what keeps this team in any conversation at this point. You remove any player uh, specifically from our defensive line. And you're talking about a totally different team right now. Um, our, Our defense finished fourth. You've, I said. I think I said in October when we had this conversation that you have a hungry defense, and I don't think that changes. They they've had success, and they they're not only young but they're leaders. Uh, you look at Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, leaders, all young, right? Cole Holcomb to some degree, young and eager. Secondary now, I love the move to bring in William Jackson. It gives us the opportunity to play a little bit more man, a little bit more pressure, and, and put more pressure on on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and then Kendall Fuller. Uh, that's a player in my opinion that we haven't used to the to the, the most of his ability. um I, I believe he has some free safety in him. We saw with, with Kansas City. um The issue is we didn't have a cornerback on the other side um that I think was would be to replace him essentially. but I think now in Benjamin St juice, we have someone middle of the year, and again i I'm willing to put um a lot on this middle of the year we around we, we eight or nine. When he gets comfortable at this level, I think there's opportunity where he can get some boundary corner reps and we can kind of play with Kendall full a little bit and see what we have. So I love this defense. I love the moves we made. John Davis, a lot of people say, well, he was over, shouldn't have been there. 19 was too high, but I think he's another young guy. And if you watch his tape at Kentucky, he just loves to play the game. Very raw, but just loves to play the game and doesn't take one snap off. Whether he's right, wrong, or indifferent. He sees ball, he gets ball, he goes 110 miles an hour. And that's what you want as a linebacker. Um, With this defensive line, (laughs) you can't do nothing but be great, right? We saw what it did for John Bostick last year, and and I can only – and Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who had one of his better years in his career um, last year as as a one-year linebacker. So, John Davis to follow, basically replace him at whatever position. Um, we only got better. I think this defense you'll see has the potential to be the number one ranked defense in the league. And, and
3: I'm confident behind that with the moves we made. So what about the draft now? We talk about the moves you made that includes draft and that, you know, right there the inside linebacker to your number one pick, and he's a good one. Damon Davis. How do you feel about where Washington is? went this draft, and especially your number one pick there?
4: I think overall, before I kind of get down to each pick, um, we looked at immediate help and then strong depth, Uh, I think. And again, I'm not Brian Rivera or Martin uh, Mayhew or any of those guys. But if you you look at our picks, like we needed a linebacker. Our linebacker core um, was not the strongest. And if you look at outside of safety, we needed some immediate help there. Getting John Davis um, at 19 was strong, right? Very strong pick. Then you look at the offensive line, right? Since Trent Williams left, we've been plugging and playing at that left tackle position. And now you get Samuel Cosby in in the second round, um, who can really be a, a plug-in day one player, right? Cornelius Lucas did a great job towards the end of the season. Um, but I, I would be remiss if I say Cosby's not a not a, a slight upgrade right now. So he'll get the opportunity to compete and probably be day one. And then from that point on, Derek, I I truly believe this team looked at players that can Contribute day one on special teams, and then somewhere at some point in that season could be some some real contributors um, throughout the season, like we did with Cam Curl last year, right? Um, seven round pick last year at Arkansas that once landed college, t- takes in and has arguably one of the best seasons out of the entire rookie class um, as a seven round safety. But, so I think that's what St. Juice is. I spoke about him as as a cornerback out of Minnesota. I, again, I can't rave enough about Damian Brown. Um, but to me, my favorite two picks came very, very late. Like My biggest issue has been um, not the biggest fan of Ryan Kerrigan, but he's gone. So, but we do have to p- replace that production. Talking about a guy that on limited snaps 30% throughout the season had six sacks. Mm-hmm. You got to replace that. And I think we were able to do that with Shaka Tony out of Penn State and William Bradley King um, late out of Baylor. Two individuals that, if you look at their time in college, were very consistent every year with like four or five plus sacks, and they're not going to be asked to carry a boatload of, of opportunity here. But when they do get on the field, if they make the fifty-three, which I strongly think at least one of them will, they will spare both Montez Sweat and Chase Young some um, some, some snaps and also be effective. I think they're they're, they're spark plugs, and so I think we replaced a uh, we kept a strength a strength by adding more edge. Uh, players. And then there's also free agency, again, if we find some other guys to help out. But I'm very, very, very intrigued about our, the end rushes we picked up late in the seventh. I, I think there's a lot of value there for us. So I think overall, a very strong draft by the Washington uh, football team um, that, yeah, you might not, nothing pops out. We didn't get a quarterback. And I'm sure that's what everybody will run to. Well, you needed a quarterback. You needed a quarterback. Well, I mean, you're probably right. Um, but if you look at the draft capital that we would have had to give up you're you're probably replacing two or three names off this list. So, and again, is it worth it? Depending on who you ask, maybe. But in my opinion, I think if you continue to have a strong defense, we've seen in years past that strong defense can sometimes cover up the faults of an average quarterback. Um, and I think we added more strengths to this to this defense at every position at every level. Um, people will also sleep on uh Derek Forrest, Forrest out of Cincinnati to safety. To me, he gives me some uh, Monte Nicholson, not a fan favorite name um, it, amongst Washington football uh, team fans, but a player that, again, started on special teams. And then when he got his opportunity, capitalized it and then went to the next year as a starting safety. So um, a lot of opportunity there, a lot of, lot of players that can do a lot of things at other positions, specifically special teams. And I'm excited about what we put together.
3: Now, a couple of questions here. How would you grade Ron Rivera's first year at the helm? Uh personally, you can't give him anything other than an A,
4: right? Your first year in a new organization, you're not on the field alone. You're dealing with who knows what. You're dealing with a team in disarray, um, no leadership, just all over the place. You you have to deal with COVID, uh, which is a, another thing on the football field is different. And then your personal life. We we all know the trials and tribulations he went through in his personal life. So to come out of that season seven to nine. And and give arguably Tampa Bay their toughest out throughout the entire playoffs with a, a off the street quarterback, <laughs> right? Um, that 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 shows a lot of testament. And then if you look at the moves he made since then, right, going into this offseason, right, there's a lot more optimistic in the, in that building. So, uh, in my opinion, hats off to, to Ron Very, his entire staff, his entire family. Um, I think they all deserve. Um, I think a pat on the back would be too cliché ish, but. Um something needs to be said about this year in the vacuum um that he did an amazing job of what he was essentially just handed and, and, and what he was able to do with it um to this point uh, uh this upcoming season.
3: You know, also looking at I have to ask. I want to look flip back over here since this is Rams podcast, you you know Deshaun Jackson very well. Yep. Um, I know he, he played for you guys, he played for the Eagles. I think Maybe sixty-four times playing for the Eagles. I don't know how many times he left and came back. But <laughs> where are we getting in him? Out of curiosity,
4: in my opinion, you're gonna get a player that's been that's gonna do what he's always did when he's comfortable. When, he, when he's when he's when he's on the field, he's arguably one of the most electric guys to ever play this game. And you're gonna get that out of Deshaun Jackson if he can stay healthy. That's the biggest issue with Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson: his health. It's not a mental thing. It's not a character thing. Um, he's going to buy into the system. Remind you the years in Washington, he was with Sean McVay, which was some of his better years, right? Um, and I think it's a comfort thing. I, I think you're going to get a guy that when healthy, with no issues, can still do what he did back in 2015, 2016. Take the top off a of defense, find multiple ways to get him the ball, and it's not afraid. It's just, that's not afraid at the wide receiver position. He's a little older, but I still, I still, you will not leave him on an island with a cornerback by himself you'll be doing yourself a disservice to your defense to cheat on Deshaun Jackson's regardless of his age. So I think you're getting a very electric player that if injuries aside, and I hope that's behind him, can be very, very effective in, in your current offense as it is. We both know what your offense is capable of. You've just been missing that guy down the field. I, just, I argue since Brandon Cooks was gone, that can really stretch the defense. I think you've been using Robert Woods in some degree, um, but now you have, and I think you're actually drafted somebody. Please forgive me if I'm missing the names, but, Deshaun Jackson gives you that immediate threat down the field. Tutu Atwell. Yes, Deshaun Jackson Jr. Here. Find and out. Right now, he, he can, you'll find out he could could be a, a modification of it. But again, when you when you speak Deshaun Jackson's name, it's still it's still I, I guarantee you it still bothers defensive coordinators. Um, That's definitely one that they're looking for to see if he's on the injury report. Because if he's not, you have the game plan for him. Okay.
3: Well. Back to Washington. Two other questions for you. What's going on with the name? Is this name sticking <laughs> or what? I had to ask.
4: Hey, so
3: I think we joked in October about our name,
4: and I was like, "Yeah, next year we'll have one. We'll be fine." And this that. And unfortunately, we're still in the same boat, man. So my fear, if I'm being transparent and honest with you, as as a in my small vacuum, um, I think people around the the league are warming up to this name, and so are fans. But that's because we're winning, and we were we're we're looking better. I won't say we're winning as if we we're like eleven and five or whatever. But mm-hmm. like a name carries a stigma, and right now the Washington Football Team is associated with an NFC champion, Chase Young, the good the good things we were able to do last year. Um, so it, this could potentially be our name. Now, am I a fan of it? No. They're still doing a little uh, I guess a little competition and there there's some great ones people are throwing out warriors or Red wolves or whatever it is um uh, be honest with you, I'm over the whole name thing quite honestly, but Washington football team for another year, they haven't rolled out a lot of merch, which in my opinion says, hey, we're not committed to this we don't make it want to make a total investment yet, but there are warning signs that this may in fact be our name, and if it is, fans will be frustrated for a while, but I'm sure just like this season was, if any example, they'll get past it, and if we're winning, it'll just be a conversation um, that, that'll pass. But right now is WFT.
3: I guess: you know, I know you I know not your favorite thing to talk about, but <laughs> I, I did want to for me, keeping the Washington football team name doesn't reflect winning. it reflects that, hey,, uh, they have to change the name and this is what they have, I'll never see it as anything more than us. I'll always see it as the reason why their name is the Washington State football team is because the other name didn't work. For other for other kind of important reasons, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, I'm just thinking, man, come up with a real a real name here, real logo and everything. Why, why does it even have to be an issue? Yeah,
4: I understand that. But I mean, again, you got to think, that, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a business. This is this is an organization. So you you don't want to just jump into something that's not right for you, Um, that nobody will love. Washington football team is that's what we are. Right. I mean, and if you to be honest, you really don't hear Washington football team a whole lot. People just refer to him as Washington doing, doing doing telecast is just Washington. You rarely hear you rarely hear Washington football team. Um, so again, the team is doing its due diligence, right? At the end of the day, what you you can't upset anybody outside of football, right? The fans, when you think about this in the vacuum, the fans is the least of your worries. There's a, one I got to make sure that the, the the name is 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 appropriate for for everyone. That's how we got into the, the issue before. Um, so that's a whole conversation to be had, and then you address the fans and what are they interested in. Right now, is is again, it's all over the place. I'm sure at some point they'll come down to a five and and they'll do their inclusion and involve the the appropriate people to make that decision. But uh, again, I, I would be lying if I said at some point I w- I wasn't saying Washington football team this, Washington football that team that. In the beginning, it was a tongue twister that I, people struggled to say, but now we just kind of it just kind of rolls off. So, and that that's what scares me, that uh, uh, eventually it might get to the point to where look. The Washington Football Team is a thing here. Like, if they do something amazing this year, I would almost say don't change it. And I'm sure fans will say it as well. Like, we're not—we don't want to buy jerseys all over again. We're winning and just leave it as it is. So, two years is a long time. And if, if enough fans buy into it, welcome to Washington Football Team.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last question. I promise. What right now? Where are the? Where are the Washington Football Team? Where is this team in the NFC? and the NFC as a whole
4: In the NF- NFC, this is a this is uh there's only what 16 teams actually. So you're looking at a top a top 17 with, with that has potential to, to literally be a t- in my opinion one not only the repeat NFC uh champions but really really make some noise um in the playoffs in my opinion. Right? This is a team again that you, if you look across the NFC, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams on a decline, right? If you're looking at this from a a, a product's life cycle, they're, they're tailing are tail end maturity, hitting decline, versus where the Washington football team now we're just hitting growth, right? This is an exciting time to be a Washington football fan. A year ago, this time, where we were excited because we had a new coach, but we didn't. That's, that was the only reason why. But now we we have we've tasted success right? And and now you know what you have currently, and now you just added on to that. You really didn't lose anything this offseason. You lost Ronald Darby, but you replaced him with William Jackson. Is people going to like, really throw up for that one? Not at all. <laughs> you lost Ryan Kerrigan, but are you really going to throw up for that? Not at all. So you're really looking at the same team from last year with no major like losses, but really some strong pieces that can that can back up that you're going to really put in place. So Um, This team right now is a top 17 with a lot of excitement generating with it because you have a lot of players that are very relatable, very likable um, and have produced. Right. Chase Young and Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne really doesn't get a lot of respect. And Matthew Ioannidis is coming back, another player that we lost early off in the season. So I mean, I can literally do a laundry list of guys that if you put their name on the board. Goosebumps will happen because you just want to you want to see what another year of development can do for him. And again, it's really about just putting all these pieces together. And if Ryan patches the guy, and again, we're not asking him to be uh, a top five quarterback. Really, just saying, just man the ship, right? Just don't drive this this truck off the road, and, and we'll be fine. And I think uh, fans alike, and you as an NFC like op- opponent, should be worried, really. Um that this team, if it ever gets clicking real early right that seventeenth game is crucial i mean you essentially now you got another game to play with right this is a this is a very dangerous team that a year ago, if this was on your your schedule, you might have looked at it and said, all right man they, they might cause us problems, but this year this is a game that you're really gonna have to go in you there is like your b game would not be accepted if you come with your b game you're gonna leave with a with a with a loss and uh and they're young. So if you start winning early, that'll hold an effect to you. And I think we, if we're losing early, we have a coaching staff that has the trust of the players that we, can, uh, that we can right the ship. So as a Washington football fan and just a football fan in general, I'm just very excited about what the Washington football team can do this upcoming season.
3: All right. Well, can, Mark, can you tell people where they can find all of your work?
4: Yeah, so, um, I pre- again, Derek, man, again, I thank you for reaching out to me, man. I-, I enjoyed it last time, so being able to double back and do this again was a great opportunity, and I- I'm definitely humbled and appreciate for this opportunity to talk about the Washington football team. If you're looking for some of my information, you can find me on Twitter at Rod underscore Murray five. I'm also developing a-, a YouTube channel now, Washington Football with Rod Murray, which I'm just having a lot of fun with right now. I'm doing daily news shorts um, where I- I'm uh, – I have a, I guess a personality, uh, I should say. Well, just have a fun take on any of the daily news, and I'm going to get into my, my my draft insights here shortly, where I just do that. So, please subscribe to that if you're interested. <clears throat> Excuse me, if you're interested in football in general, um, just a lot of stuff. This year is all about coming together, so that's what I want to do with that, and then also work with the uh, the full press coverage Washington team, uh, helping out with any of their video concepts they want to do and stuff like that. So. I'm really just anywhere on the internet when it comes to football. I'm not hard to find. Um, And I love to love to collaborate. So um, I'm looking forward to meeting new people and Derek again. Thank you for this opportunity.
3: Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. You know, I really like the direction Washington's going defensively. They are in fantastic shape and I honestly think that down the line here, I said it before, I think Washington and New York are going to be the, the power players here in that division very soon. I don't like the direction of the Eagles, and I don't like the inconsistency that we find in Dallas. So what's that leave? The The Washington football team and the Giants. And speaking of the Giants, it's Nicky Snacks from Bleeding Blue Podcast. Check it out. All right, folks, we're here for the tour in the league. The New York Giants, a rising team in my view, a team that's actually on the right path. Didn't think so a year ago. wasn't entirely sure. Now I do. I'm, I'm now. I'm very sure. Actually, you know, after watching them play the Rams last year and see how that went down. Had Nicky Snacks here, Nikki. Man, been a while. How you doing? It has been. It has been
2: a while, Derek. I, I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well. We have been trying to do this for for so long, but. Uh... They say they say the magic takes time. Right? Isn't that isn't that somebody who said that? A lot smarter man than me. Um, no, but but doing great. And uh that was the, I, I remember that Rams that Rams lost distinctly last year. And it was tough because Giants had their opportunities. Um, I feel like the Rams may have been thrown off. It was earlier in the year, I think the Rams may have been thrown off a little bit. That the the Giants defense was very good. It was uh it was a lot better than a lot of teams probably anticipated, but um, that Aaron Donald, he ate us up like a, like a madman, like he does with everybody else. But um, on the rise, I, I, think, uh, I, think, I think I
3: agree. I think I agree. So talk about the direction of these Giants in this offseason. How are you feeling about it? I know Dave Gettleman gets a lot of criticism. Some of yeah, them yeah. is deserved. Some of them might not be, depending on who you talk to. How do you view the Giants right now? Uh I think, for the first time in a
2: very long time, um we saw glimpses of it last off season. I liked some of the prudent moves they made. They didn't go out and spend like madmen. They just brought in very solid players like bradbury martinez um but this off season, especially, I think they they showed me something that I haven't seen in maybe ten years where I finally like the direction of this team, and um you, you know we know about free agency. I think you would probably agree they hit a home run this free agency. They got the best receiver on the market in Kenny Galladay, which they needed because they had nobody at receiver. Nobody. Um they they signed a quarterback too and a Dory Jackson who is a very good ball player when he's healthy. You know, obviously a big question mark, but he was a good, very good ball player in Tennessee. So having Brad Barry and Dory Jackson at your cornerbacks with Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, and a healthy Xavier McKinney back, that's a pretty loaded secondary. Now, they lost Alvin Tomlinson on the D-line, who was probably my favorite giant over the last five years. But they signed Danny Shelton, who can replace that run-stuffing role, um, which was a very low-cost signing. They added a couple uh, defensive ends. But what I loved the most about everything was the draft and the fact that they were able to all right so i'll get into the pick first Kadarius tony their first round pick who i i did like i liked him Uh, i would never take him at 11 um, but i wanted one of those alabama wide receivers because even with signing kenny galladay and a john ross i still wanted more speed on the team i wanted Mm -hmm. somebody this is daniel jones third year it's almost Uh, Like, you know, make or break years are in the third year. And he needs all the help he can get. So getting a Galladay, a big body possession wide receiver who's going to go up, make those contested catches is huge. But you also need somebody coming across the middle or somebody you can run gadget plays with who's got speed, who's got playmaking speed, who can break one at any point. And Kadarius Tony does that. But the best part about it is they get a first round pick next year from Chicago. And um, you're well versed in the NFC. Chicago there's a very cha- very good chance Chicago's not that good this year. That could be a top 15 top 10 pick. And the fact that they're going to be able to stack those picks up is brilliant. And then they they went out and they used uh they used the 5th round pick they got this year from the Bears in that trade with Justin for Justin Fields and they they took a cornerback from I believe it's UCF in Aaron Robinson who Again, another corner who's going to compete with Darnay Holmes in the slot. So I love adding secondary depth. You can never have enough, you can never have enough pieces in the secondary,
0: mm-hmm.
2: especially nowadays when everybody's throwing the ball. And then I think they made another prudent move in the second round by trading back eight spots and getting who I thought was the best defensive end in the, you know, in the draft. Um, I, I, Julia, I'm forgetting his name now, from, from Georgia. You know, he had injury concerns in high school, but he, he's played, played his whole college career, and they got him after trading back and picking him a third next year. So they're, in, they're not a championship team yet, but they are in a win-now mode where if they don't make the playoffs, Gettleman is gone, and I think that's fair. You know, after four years, if you don't make the playoffs, you probably shouldn't be here anymore, but they built for the now and they built for the future. So for the first time in a very long time, I'm finally feeling good about the direction of the Giants.
3: Now, how do you grade Gettleman thus far? I mean, is it even fair to grade him right now? So, if I'm grading him
2: after this offseason, which is all on paper because they haven't played on field yet, I'm giving him a C. And I almost think that's a little fair because, think about it, fifteen and thirty three in three years or whatever it is one fifteen games is not good it's absolutely unacceptable honestly so I I giving him a C is almost almost being nice but last off season he hit it out of the park hired a great coach uh, who I think is gonna be the future coach for the Giants for a long time to come um I think he had a stellar off season this past off season so it's all about results now. Um, if if I you know if you're forcing me and you, you put me on the electric chair and, and I, I have to give a grade, then I'm I'll give him a C. I will, and I, I think that's being polite. I think, um, but it's all about this year. And he drafted the quarterback at six overall. That has the biggest question mark. And I think the season rides on Daniel Jones. And if he doesn't perform, then we're screwed and Gettleman's screwed. So, if Daniel Jones hits this year, the Giants make the playoffs, I'm taking that grade from a C and I'm going B, B. Plus. And, you know, the, the rebuild probably took a little longer than it should have. Uh, but that's okay. At the end of the day, if it's in moving in the right direction, you have the franchise quarterback.
3: Who am I to complain? So, we're we'll going run back a little bit here. Mentioned Joe Judge. You like this. You obviously like him quite a bit. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw, but Patrick Daugherty of MSC Sports. Uh, had him as 23 out uh, 25 ranked NFL head coaches they exclude the first year coaches how do you feel about that ranking considering where you, what you've seen of him firsthand compared to some talking head at a you know mainstream news source
2: right that doesn't study and watch every single play uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you I, sense I, my um, disdain for him it, yeah, i i i'm sure um i i get it you know they won six games but I don't think that guy realizes the Giants, they were uncompetitive in one game. One game. That was against the Niners, um, and that was embarrassing because that was the the week the Niners had, like, nobody playing. But other than that, they were literally in it. They were in every game. You saw with the Rams. Like, the Giants and the Rams, talent-wise, are on opposite sides of the spectrum. And the Rams you know, I'm, I'm bringing up Vegas, were like 15 and a half point favorites. They won by eight. And there was a very real chance that that game could have went in overtime. The Giants had the ball last and it took a red zone turnover for the Giants to lose. Like they were competitive with every team on a, on a, on a roster that was talent efficient. Daniel Jones missed two games. There, there was a COVID. There was barely any training camp. A new system. You still won six games. And you could see, you could see the progress. You could see Everything moving in the right direction. They played harder. They were smarter. Um, you know, challenges were used better. Situational football, using timeouts, everything like that was so much better. Um, and it's funny, I came on with you last year, and I was, I was like, kind of happy about the Jason Garrett hire. Uh, I was like, I think this is a good move, and you know, he's got plenty of experience, and he helped you know make Dallas a prolific offense. And as long as he's not the head coach, I think it'll work. But that I don't love, and I think Jason Garrett has a short leash. However, however, I do want to bring up the coaching staff in and itself. And when I mention Joe Judge, I do the way he handles the media, the way he handles his players, the way he handles everything. There's just something. There's an aura about him. It's mm-hmm. all, like, you know what Sean McVay like. You know what you're getting. Yeah, up front, straight up, to the point, hard nosed. But the players love them. They buy into that system. And I really think that the Giants players did that this year. And I think Joe Judge put together an absolutely incredible coaching staff. And I think there's no testament better than that than his hire of Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator. That defense, Derek, when I tell you, I watched that defense with a lot of the same personnel the year before, so 2019, just get gashed. And they were the 30th ranked defense. They were atrocious. Patrick Graham comes in installs his his scheme, they were ranked ninth last year. That's an unbelievable turnaround with mostly the same guy. And to me, that's coaching. That is almost all coaching. Um, So I'm ecstatic about Joe Judge and this staff. I need to see more out of Garrett. I think with more weapons now, uh, Saquon coming back, everybody keeps forgetting about that. With more weapons around him, I think he can open up that playbook a little bit more. but, yeah, they, I, there's, there's not enough good words I could say about Joe Judge.
3: What's the latest on Saquon Barkley?
2: They say he's going to be ready for training camp, which is insane. He's a freak. He tore his ACL, his MCL, his PCL, everything. They say he's on track to be ready for training camp, which I doubt he really participates in a lot, you know, when they have, like, their limited sessions. He'll do individual drills and stuff, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I, everything I read, everything that I listen to, podcast wise, i I hear that that he's ready to go, and the, the rehab is ahead of schedule, and you know he's kind of got that, uh, kind of got that Adrian Peterson feel to him, you know, mm-hmm. just like a freakin' nature. Where I remember AP towards ACL came back the next year, rushed for two thousand yards, won the MVP. Now I'm not saying Saquon's going to do that, but I, I feel like he's got that built to him. He's got that athleticism to him. And it's 2021 now, with science and technology we have, the way these guys are able to take care of their bodies, um, I'm not worried about Saquon at all. I think he comes back and he picks right up where he left off.
3: And finally, where does this team, where do they sit right now in the NFC East? When you're going to next season, where do you think they have the best shot on landing?
2: I'm not going to lie to you, I, I... I think on paper I the, all right maybe there's some bias in here but I do think on paper they have arguably the best roster now I want, I, I will say Washington Washington all right Washington probably does have the best roster cuz their defense is just so otherworldly but I do think the Giants are better in some areas I think the Giants have by far the best secondary I think I listen I know Ryan Fitzpatrick has been he's been good and he's been really bad and I know Daniel Jones has not proven to be a consistent player yet, but I would mm-hmm. take Daniel Jones over Ryan Fitzpatrick right now because I've watched Ryan Fitzpatrick blow way too many big games and just not show up for weeks on end. But he gets this this stigma to him, this Fitz magic. He's not good. I'm sorry, you don't bounce around nine teams if you're good. And I thought I think it was more than was- nine
3: teams. I thought it was like forty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much team more
2: deep than there are in the NFL that's how long he's been around that's how much he's bounced around so, so how they can think that I, I, I think they were, it was very negligent thinking on their end that, that Ryan Fitzpatrick with that defense is just going to automatically make them okay now Dallas obviously their offense is ridiculously stacked I think their offensive line has gotten healthier this offseason still got Zeke Dax coming back who apparently is looking great They got those three-headed monsters at receiver. Mm -hmm. But defensively, they're garbage. They are garbage defensively. And in the NFC East, defense usually wins. So, like, you look at Washington last year, their defense was slightly better than ours, and they wound up winning. Um, I will be truly – I'll be disappointed if the Giants don't win the division this year, to be honest. I really think they have a very good chance to win the division. Um, If I'm going realistic, I'll say – uh, first or second place anything other than that it's just a massive massive disappointment and i'm not going to be a happy person at all so, so this, this is, is a,
3: a, in, in your view that. they're they're very close to a playoff team at this point i i really do
2: i think they are a playoff i do i think this is the best the roster has looked at, since probably they won the super bowl in 2007 it was 14 years ago from top to bottom i think that the roster is that good I mean, it's not saying much based on the last.
3: Uh, uh, but I, I think it is, actually. I mean, I, I'm probably looking at you like I'm like a little bit doubtful, but I'm sitting thinking this C16 6 and 10. There was, was a bad division last year, but like you said, they were in almost every game. They gave some good teams run for them, and they very easily could have been 10 and 6. Right. It, see, exactly. That's the thing. Like, you, you could put the focus
2: on the Rams game, they could have won that game. They committed three turnovers, bad penalties. It should have beat Chicago. Um, they should have beat Dallas when Dak went out. They should have beat Philly. Evan Ingram dropped the ball, literally, they just dropped the ball. So all these different games that they were in that they should have won, you could easily flip six and ten to ten and six. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's what we could see this year, ten and well, ten and seven or you know you know what I mean, seventeen games now, moronic. But yeah, I, I really think this off season they took a next step, and if they stay healthy, I'm 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 pumped about
3: it. I really am. Well, Nikki, can you let people know where they can find you, find all your work, find your podcast, all that jazz? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on Twitter, if
2: you search snacks underscore bdge, I do a uh, fantasy football podcast with uh, some high school friends of mine on the Big Dogs Got to Eat channel, and I also do a uh, Giants history podcast with my my good friend Justin Pennick. It's uh, it's called Bleeding Blue, um, a Giants history podcast. That's the full title, um, and that that's it that, that's where you can find me uh yeah, i appreciate appreciate the time derek as always i like doing this with you it's two years running now hopefully we can continue it we've we'll got we got, we got a going. game
3: coming up this year you know come back out to new york last time the rams went to new york it was ugly now, i was there i remember i think i went to <laughs> the second quarter it was like 30 to nothing it was and, and but historically the giants gave us all kinds of problems and they lived up to that last year so that's that's still going to be broken. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it out there. I mean, I was going to
2: say you, but, you should make it because I got season
3: tickets this year. Would love to host you for a little tailgate. Oh, oh, well, you know, maybe we can make now that happen. Maybe, maybe, maybe even a joint podcast previewing the, the game. Ooh. Oh, oh, mind's blown. Here you go. Now
2: we're, thi- See, now yeah. we're thinking. <laughs> now we're thinking. And I think that's a phenomenal idea. But that's just me. That's just me.
3: So there we go. All right, Nikki. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great one.
2: Derek, you too, man. Thank you.
3: Nicky's a fun guy. Like I said, great stuff all the way around, and he and I are already talking about meeting up possibly in New York for the game there in October. No matter what, we'll get some good, good content out there for you. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy both team previews. We'll be back this weekend or or sooner, just depending on my schedule, talk about a couple of things with the Rams, including the upcoming uniform releases uniform part two in the meantime follow us on Twitter at talk Rams on Facebook at the Rams talk room that's our group and then our, our actual page is the Rams talk page follow me on Twitter DC Paul you can follow uh, Mike 1 23 follow the guys Steve at Steve Rivero S A arow and of course Johnny 5.6 in the meantime have a great one we're out of here take care